Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. We are talking new Surface devices, gaming Chromebooks, Ignite 2022, and a lot more. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Kareem Anderson, and I will be going through the news of the week. We had a very busy week where we had two events, so to speak. We had a uh, Ignite 2022 and Microsoft Surface Harbor event launch at the same day, about an hour or two apart from each other. Uh, and there was a lot of news from both, so let me get into it. The day finally came and went, and in less than 40 minutes, Microsoft routed off its list of new service computers for 2022. And for many, the pre-taped digital-only event was merely confirmation of what most of us kind of knew uh, as far as what kind of hardware was coming down the pipe. While there were no gotcha moments uh, or the oversaturated one more thing phrase that gets dragged out uh, to introduce a new product category, it seems like, Chief Product Officer of Microsoft, uh, Panos Panay, did follow what most tech companies have done in 2022 so far. And that was unveil a series of iterative updates for their flagship products. Apple did it, Google's done it. Now comes Microsoft. Uh, I'm gonna start from least impressive to most, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, feel free to comment in the comment section about your uh, list, uh, in your order of list of products. But uh, in my opinion, the Surface Studio 2 Plus was the least impressive. Now, Microsoft's flagship all-in-one may have started off as the most anticipated product update um, by many who are hoping to see, at least after four, nearly four years of neglect, uh, redesign to the, or an update, a massive update to uh, the product. But depending on how you look at it, 2022 could make five years and counting of Microsoft neglecting the device because what Microsoft delivered was a repackaged Surface Studio 2, now called the Surface Studio 2 Plus which brings the iconic but identical design from 2018 to the product. Now, uh, there are, I mean, well, there are no new bezels, no different screen size options, no new configuration options, or even colors for that matter. It's the same platinum gray slate uh, from 2018, but with the new CPU, GPU, and, a port and uh, additional port selections. The Surface Studio 2 Plus comes in one configuration with the following specs. Uh, Windows 11 Pro out of the box, 11th generation Intel Core i7 uh, 1137H, uh, 3070H, an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 360 uh, with 6 GB of GDDR6 RAM. Um, as far as the RAM for the processor, it's 32 GB of DDR4. Storage is a capped at 1 terabyte SSD. I believe they had a um, uh, regular HD hard drive in there before, so the spinning um, storage device, uh, I mean, the new SSD is new and improved and should be impressive. Uh, there's a 28-inch pixel sense display at a 3.2 aspect ratio, resolution of 4,500 by 3,000, which equals out to about 192 PPI, which is, you know, actually kind of shy of what we get for most laptops these days. Uh, there's 1 billion colors and auto color gamut, DC, DCI P3 display, sRGB and vivid color profiles. I don't know if they're 100% though. Uh, it's an individually calibrated display that offers uh, 1200 by one consta, uh, contrast ratio, Dolby Vision's on board, Corning Glass 3 as far as protection from scratches and things of like that, nicks and things like that. The audio uses uh, stereo 2.1 speakers with Dolby Atmos sound, dual uh, far-field studio mics, front-facing camera of 1080p full HD resolution, 
Um, there's Windows Hello on board for uh, the um, uh, facial authentication. There are three, this time around, three uh, Thunderbolt 4 USB-C uh, Type-C ports. Uh, there are two USB 3.1 Type-A ports, uh, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and one gigabyte ethernet cable. The connectivity uses Wi-Fi 6, uh, 802.11, Bluetooth 5.1, uh, like I said, the color is just a single platinum, uh, and the design still can, keeps with the zero gravity hinge. The price, since it's only one configuration, starts at or is forty two hundred or four thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars, um, and that comes with a mouse and keyboard and pin included in the box. So that's your Surface Studio Two Plus update. Uh, the next thing up that was offered, uh, as far as you know, my list of importance was the Microsoft Presenter Plus. So say hello to your new handheld comfort device in your office for anyone who fiddles with the Surface Pen more than actually using it for writing or drawing like myself, You're just kind of twirling it in your fingers. Microsoft is introducing another potential fidget device in the Microsoft Presenter 2. Microsoft's new laser pointer is a remote control for Teams and PowerPoint presentations and features support for shifting through slides or decks, highlighting specific areas during presentation, both in person, so you can, I guess, use a light uh, as well as that, and online. So you can point to a presentation from your computer and everyone that's viewing the presentation via conference software or online will see where you're highlighting, which is kind of cool. Uh, the remote also taps the mute button and has a uh, button for quick launching meetings, uh, like a team, a team's dedicated button. Uh, and a button for virtually raising hands during presentation. So if you have a question about anything, you can click on the presenter, hand goes, or the virtual hand goes up and people can see that, hey, so-and-so has a question. All of this comes for around the price of $79.99 and has support for a few other presentation software solutions. Uh, I think there's like two or three more on board with more expected to uh, meet Microsoft's Teams certification soon. So um, hopefully whatever um, product or presentation software you're using, you get it certified by Teams and you can use your presenter for it. Microsoft also introduced or unveiled a few new adaptive accessories that are designed for the office this time around instead of Xbox. I know Xbox had a big splash with their uh, hard, uh, accessory, uh, accessibility adaptive hardware. Now Microsoft has made some for the office that includes an adaptive hub, adaptive buttons, adaptive joystick, uh, adaptive D-pad, adaptive mouse, 3D printed tails and grips for mouse for the Microsoft Business Pin and Microsoft Classroom Pin 2 uh, with templates to create your own versions of these grips as well. Uh, prices are $59.99 for the hub, $39.99 for the adaptive buttons that uh, come in either a single or dual button configuration. Uh, the $39.99 also applies to the, the adaptive D-pad and the adaptive joystick as well. Uh, the adaptive mouse core will cost around $44.99 and $14.99 for the custom 3D printed grips that you don't print yourself. But again, they're templates so you can save yourself some money by printing your own. Uh, what I've started to kind of raise my eyebrow during this presentation for was, the, at least the first eyebrow raise, was for the Microsoft Audio Doc. I'm an audiophile. Uh, I have enjoyed you know, keeping the Microsoft Modern Speaker in my backpack uh, for travel because it does come in handy. My wife uses it because she's a dance teacher. And uh, again, it's usually great to project a lot more sound than just trying to push it through your laptop speaker. So now the Microsoft Audio Deck, Microsoft has bumped up its audio pr uh, product from last year, um, which looks to replace the, micro the Microsoft Modern Speaker as the new USB-C connected uh, team speaker in your office. 
Uh, I wasn't able to get a feel for the size of the speaker because they barely showed it. It was kind of like a passing slide, but it looks much larger than the speaker from last year and comes with more ports that include two USB-C ports, one USB-A uh, Type-A port, a full HDMI port, which is interesting, um, and a power out for connection as well. The speaker itself is Omnisonic that, uh, that's powered by 15 watt uh, woofers and a five watt tweeter. Uh, with two fr uh, front-facing noise-canceling microphones and tactile buttons on top, so which is also kind of nice instead of having digital or capacitive buttons to help control volume, power, and uh, launch meetings. There's a dedicated team meeting button as well. And that's all for $249.99, which is roughly the average price for uh, a medium-sized Bluetooth speaker these days. This one just happens to have a Teams button on it. Uh, now we're finally getting into actual PCs that people might be interested in run out and spend their money to use, which is the Surface Laptop 5, which is similar to the Surface Studio 2, unfortunately, wherein Microsoft kept the identical outer shell, but improved internal specs. Uh, they did a little bit more with this one uh, this time around than they did with the uh, Surface Studio 2, but here are some of the specs. We have, again, Windows 11 on board, and if you're in business, you can get a version with 10 Pro. It's uh, They offer it in both 13.5 and 15-inch uh, versions. Uh, both uh, come with 12th gen Intel Core i5 or i7 U processors. Um, unfortunately, there's no NVIDIA on board for these ones, which would have made them pretty powerful. I mean, they're still powerful in their own right using Intel Iris XE graphics, but the dedicated GPU would have been uh, We get RAM configurations of 8 gigabytes, 16 gigabytes, or 32 gigabytes LPDDR5. Uh, storage capacities are at 25, uh, sorry, 256, 512, and one terabyte, which they had gone up to two, but uh, at least they're removable. So uh, that's kind of a kicker. Um, like we said, the displays are exactly the same. They didn't improve the aspect ratio or the pixel count, the PPI or even uh, the bezels, unfortunately. Um, but they do come with Dolby Vision IQ on board and uh, they retain their 10 point uh, multi-touch uh, feature. Uh, they also also come with Omnisonic speakers with Dolby Atmos on board and dual Farfield studio mics. Sadly, they still have the 720p HD camera, so you're still gonna need a webcam, but I'm sure you've all invested in one since the pandemic. Uh, they do offer Windows Hello Authentication. It doesn't seem like it's been sped up or improved very much from last year's, but I mean, last year's is already pretty good. Uh, the battery claims are about eight, 19 hours for the 13 inch, 18 hours for the 15 inch. We'll have to test those out and find out. Uh, port wise, exactly the same. We have one third Thunderbolt 4 USB 4 Type C. I apologize, Thunderbolt is now on board, so that is new. Um, we have one USB 3.1 Type A port. Uh, we still retain the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, which is nice, and the dedicated or uh, uh, proprietary Surface Connect port, which does, I believe, have fast charging on board. I forget the wattage for that. Uh, connectivity has been boosted to Wi-Fi uh, 6, which again is 802.11, and Bluetooth 5.1. Uh, they do offer a few more colors this time around. Uh, platinum with Alcantara, matte black, sage, and sandstone. Uh, for the 15-inch model, you only get matte platinum and matte black. Um, unfortunately, the sizes are exactly the same because it's the same uh, device. The prices started at $9.99, but there are over 51 different aspect or different specs and pricing configurations that you can go through because there are two different models. Uh, and like we said, they start at $9.99, but you can get up to, I think, $24.99 or yeah, $24.99 um, for the top tier 15-inch model with everything maxed out. So. 
Uh, the standout features for the laptop 5, uh, if there are any, are minor, but uh, they should be noted nonetheless this time around. Like I said, there's Thunderbolt 4 uh, support, which is big, Dolby Vision, uh, Vision IQ, uh, which will help you uh, get better op HDR optimized viewing experiences. Um, there was vague marketing speak about Microsoft dropping AMD or why Microsoft dropped AMD configurations this time around. Um, to understand it, you need to be like a code speaker or have a master's degree in mid-level marketing. It didn't make any sense, but uh, apparently the performance for, from AMD wasn't either up to par or they just didn't sign the contracts that they needed. Last is the showstopper and the 10th anniversary of the Surface Pro. So hence being probably the most changed out of all the devices this year. Uh, we have uh, the Surface Pro 9, uh, which again is the being 10 years celebrated. And this time around, they went and combined both the Surface Pro 9 and Surface Pro X, kind of as we've been mentioning over the past few months about the potential of them doing that. They went and headed did it. Um, it's going to save them on manufacturing costs, presumably. And because they went to an, this new anodized um, manufacturing process, they're able to offer them in more colors so that if they do get scratched, they are not just surface level scratches that reveal silver and These will be through and through colored uh, devices. Uh, the configurations come with Windows 11, or again, if you're a prosumer, it's uh, Windows 10 out of the box. Uh, they both come, I mean, one comes with 12th gen Intel Core i5 or i7 U processors, and another configuration comes with the Microsoft SQ3 processor this year around that also contains a newer processing unit, uh, which is going to be big. I'll explain that in a second. Now, uh, for the uh, Intel version, you get Intel Iris XE graphics for the uh, ARM version, which is based on the Qualcomm uh, architecture, you get uh, Adreno on board, ACX Gen 3. RAM-wise, you get configurations of 8GB, 16GB, 32GB uh, for the 5G version, which is the only one uh, offered, and that's offered on the Qualcomm version. Uh, it's 8GB or 16, sadly. Uh, Storage-wise, you get 128 gigabytes, 256, 512, or one terabyte of removable storage for the Intel Wi-Fi version, or for the ARM uh, 5G version, you get 128, 256, or 512, uh, also removable. Fortunately, uh, it's the same 13-inch uh, pixel sense uh, display with 3.2 aspect ratio, resolution of 2880 by 1920, which is about 267 PPI for everybody. Color profiles are sRGB and Vivid. Dynamic refresh rate for both of 120 hertz. Contrast ratio is uh, 1200 to 1. Uh, it has adaptive color, 10-point multi-touch, Corning Glass 5, auto color management supported uh, with the Wi-Fi only version. Dolby Vision uh, IQ, which is again with the Wi-Fi Intel only version. Uh, the 5G model does come with its own brand of Windows Studio effects, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, the webcam for the front-facing uh, front-facing webcam for both is a 1080p full HD. Rear-facing is a 10 megapixel autofocus camera with 1080p and 4K video resolution capture. The 5G model comes with again Windows Studio effects, which offers portrait blur, automatic framing, and eye contact, thanks to the uh, NPU processor that isn't on the Intel version. So there's a whole dedicated processor to just doing these conference uh, um, enhancements on these things. Um, like we said, battery for the Wi-Fi Intel versions charted at 15.5 hours of typical typical device usage. 5G version is up to 19 hours. Again, we'll have to test these ourselves. 
port-wise. I believe they moved some of the buttons. I think the volume and power button are now centered at the top. Um, and as far as the 5G, or both models are concerned for the ports, they were both, I believe, on the left-hand side. Uh, we get a one Surface Connect port. We get the Surface Keyboard Pogo connections at the bottom. We get two Thunderbolt 4 USB, uh, four Type-C ports. And for the 5G model, we do get a Nano SIM. Although I do believe an eSIM is on board for that as well. And I believe we have a how-to on how to get your own Windows eSIM set up, even if you don't have an eSIM enabled device. So you can go get claim your own eSIM today and have that ported over for this new device. Um, the 5G ranges, I believe, are for millimeter wave in 5G markets only. There's a sub sub six gigahertz 5G market uh, options available for those markets as well. Um, and the color options, again, they're similar to the laptop five, which are platinum graphite, meaning black, sapphire forest. Uh, but for the 5G option, you only get platinum. I don't know why. Uh, weights around the same for both. So the little, the thickness that was added from the Surface Pro 8 will be applied to the Surface Pro 9, even if it's 5G, um, because Microsoft is just saving on manufacturing costs. Starting price is a $999 for the Wi-Fi models and $1299 uh, for the 5G. Um, now I'm going to get into some software that was announced during the event. Um, before I get into the headlines, there were a couple uh, announcements baked in the Surface Keynote that raised the other eyebrow of mine. Uh, that in, uh, included an update to the Windows 11 Photos app that it now brings iCloud integration. So the Venn diagram of people who use Windows Phone, I mean, uh, iPhones, uh, Windows PCs, no more Windows Phone users, sadly, uh, will now be able to view their iCloud photos on the Windows PC. Uh, to get things started, Microsoft began rolling out a preview of the integration, the latest Windows Insider Dev Channel uh, build, which is 2022.311.00.0. 9001.0. As part of the integration, users will now see a new icon appear in the uh, next to their photos uh, in their iCloud to identify which ones are iCloud photos versus the rest of their own photo gallery. Apple and Microsoft further deepened their official partnership uh, by promising to bring Apple Music and Apple TV to Xbox consoles and Windows devices in the near future. Xbox users can actually try out Apple TV and Apple Music uh, on their consoles today. Uh, I believe Apple Music came, Apple TV came a few months ago. Apple Music has, uh, is now, I think, uh, as a Wednesday on the device to try out in the uh, Microsoft Store. Uh, but Windows users will have to wait until next year to get the official apps so uh, they can move away from the dreaded, albeit updated, iTunes app. I haven't used it in a while. Other software announcements included the induction of Microsoft Designer, which is now powered by Dolly 2 uh, and comes as part of Microsoft's 365 subscription. The cloud-based AI-powered uh, designer is intended to help users create from their own content or ideas that can easily be quickly translated to social media posts, invitations, presentations, proposals, and more. The integration of Dolly 2 into Bing is actually a big deal and might require uh, its own opening discussion section in the future, but suffice to say, somehow Microsoft has figured out a way to harness its ability and put it into being to do a cool things uh, like simply searching ideas to have AI create images based on it. So you can just type in to the search engine. I'm looking for a guy with his back turned and a cape and it's yellow and he is wearing a red costume and is a superhero and the AI will figure out a way to build that out for you. It's pretty cool. Uh, what it essentially does is democratize art and design for those of us who 
don't actually have any talent, like myself. Now on to the headlines. Uh, Windows 11 Insiders, uh, or Microsoft rolled out a pair of beta channel builds to Windows Insiders this week, identified as build, builds 1162.11.746 uh, and 2263.746. Uh, and for beta testers rubbing their heads in anticipation of new features, just remember they are turned off by default and are in the process of being rolled out. What is being rolled out, you asked? Uh, for build 2263.746.746 um, is, prim uh, is usually, I mean, is primarily, uh, is bringing primarily support for the ability to rearrange system tray icons with further improvements for the experience to come. There are also a pair of fixes on board to address enabling the MS uh, App Installer Uniform Resource Identifier, URI, to work for the desktop ins app installer, and a fix in the slow indexing process of the Windows Search Service. So if you start typing into search and taking forever to get everything you need all in one spot, they've got a fix for that it's coming up. Obviously not everything has been fixed, uh, and the Windows team notes that it's aware of continued audio problems, taskbar issues, and issues when dragging uh, system tray icons or moving them around within the tray. Uh, another headline we have is some of the biggest consumer news coming out of Ignite this year included the rebranding of Office 365 to simply Microsoft 365, with predictions that the Office brand will eventually go extinct. Predictions aside, the facts of rebranding included, include a new centralized app that replaced the one Office 365 users have grown to tolerate. Um, that's the new one on Windows, PCs, and uh, mobile. The Office Hub on PC and mobile, uh, instead of Office users, will be met with a rebranded Microsoft 365 app that serves a very similar service while offering the same, and in some cases, more features than the one that we currently have, the current Office 365 Hub. Uh, some of the new features gained are uh, new types of content creation templates. Um, we also get new app models um, so people can discover, launch, and pin their tools. You use the most across my 60, Microsoft 365. Uh, welcome badges, uh, my content section, which is you know uh, a feed for all your popular features that business customers can now access. Um, a feed section in general. Uh, which will have relevant content based on who you work with or how you work with and surface it in easy to digest interface uh, and tagging a new way to group and organize your content with custom tags across all types of content so for you all you OCD organizers this should be fun to play with in addition to the name change there will be icons and designs handed out to the Microsoft 365 product apps uh, but we don't have any renders of what those icons will look like we do expect the first batch of those, I believe, hit in December of this year, uh, with many more rolling out throughout uh, next year. As far as we can tell, and judging by the price tiers on their websites, uh, Microsoft isn't raising the price for the rebrand, which functionally will now bundle Teams, Loop, Designer, Stream, and ClipChamp into the sec into Microsoft 365 as uh, apps that are serviceable. Many are speculating on the end of Microsoft 365 as a brand, and they're probably right. But after 30 plus years of the nomenclature, it's going to take some time for people to remap their brain to think of Microsoft 365 and its products as being unattached from Windows and are just simply a suite of cross-platform pieces of software. But we wish Microsoft good luck on this journey. Um, the other thing we have is Outlook will soon allow you to react uh, uh, to company emails without sending a reply, which is kind of nice. There's a recent study out that claims Gen Z's have canceled the thumbs up emoji. 
for being too passive aggressive of a symbol of text communication. I don't think we need to get into that study, but Microsoft is, go, is about to give Outlook users the ability to do a very similar reaction in the emails. According to Microsoft's 365 roadmap, a single click reaction to emails in Outlook is scheduled for completion later this month. And we'll start rolling out to Outlook users on iOS, Android, and the web, Macs, and Windows with, uh, with the more professional classic Outlook users having to wait until December uh, to give each other the finger, thumb up, or whatever other pinage they say as far as you've done a great job or read your content or whatever. Uh, the feature works very similar to reaction social media platforms where the users uh, in the same tenant will be given a bed of six customizable, customizable emoji reactions, quick applies basically, that can be applied to emails that include hearts, celebrate, celebratory uh, emojis, thumbs up, shocks, laughing emojis, and a host of others from the 800 existing Teams emojis uh, that we talked about, I believe, a month or two ago. And just like social media, anyone else in the same tenant will see your passive-aggressive thumbs-up reaction to an impromptu media request that was sent through email or sent by you know an overzealous mid-manager who loves to send out unnecessary emails. As part of our uh, Ignite 2022 coverage, we have to keep up, uh, keep you posted on the latest. Uh, and for those of you interested in power platforms, uh, there was some news about them becoming more powerful through AI. Uh, as a bit of a refresher, power platforms consist of Power BI, Power Apps, Power Automate, and Power Virtual Agents. And they're all welcoming the addition of Power Pages, which was announced earlier this year during Microsoft's Build Conference in May. Uh, the updates that are using some of the AI power is Power Automate, which is adding uh, automation COE starter kit to help companies establish this practice with greater ease. Along with this, Microsoft is rolling out a new business approvals kit. Both updates are generally available. Uh, Power Automate expressions, by example, is a new method for generating expressions when creating cloud flows, specifically when it comes to data reshaping. Users will be able to provide an example of how they want their data returned to a flow and suggested expressions will generate using AI to apply suggestions expressions to their cloud flow. This is in preview. Native Power Automate integrations uh, will connect into Excel, let users use the Automate menu and Excel-specific templates for automation while keeping work within the same Excel menu. This menu, uh, this update is in preview. Power Pages, on the other hand, gains a new template enhanced design studio, and these promise featured updates. The Learn Hub uh, should be coming out soon, I believe. Pro developer tools have been updated in Power Makers to use the best in-class uh, Visual Studio VS Code. And security and governance updates uh, include turnkey integration with Azure Web Application Firewall uh, content, uh, delivery network CDN with Azure Front Door, support for custom domains, and added support for new Microsoft Dataverse data types and makers uh, professional developers. Uh, they've also simplified their modeling strategy or simplified licensing model strategies uh, for daily sign-in and web page views uh, to monthly to authenticate anonymous users. Power pages will be available through prepaid capacity-based subscriptions and pay-as-you-go meters. So uh, those are the three options I believe they solidified on. As of now, most of these are in preview and Microsoft hasn't confirmed any hard dates or timeframes uh, when we can expect most of them to be released for uh, further testing. Uh, when we go in more about Ignite 2022, we have some information about Microsoft Viva, a Microsoft's productivity tracking tool taken take that however you feel, is getting a little bit more powerful or creepy depending on your perspective of the following updates. 
Viva Insights uh, is getting uh, meeting organizers with the Viva Insights description will be able to see the aggregated results of feedback to prompt an, uh, an effective engagement uh, or to promote an effective engagement. Employers and employees can also set up a focus mode experience that allows users to break up projects in a short, undisturbed burst followed by a short break. The quiet time settings will also be uh, allow admins to silence after hours notifications and let and limit the use of apps after hours. New learning experiences, learning paths will allow managers to create a sequence of groups of learning materials and make those available to employees as a learning path that can be discovered and shared through Viva Learning. Engaged Storylines is now available and a new way to create social connections between company leaders can be viewed in Outlook and the Viva Connections feed inside of Teams. Uh, last is Goal Integrations, uh, which launched and began working natively with Slack and Google Sheets this week, and I believe they have Jira coming up soon. So users can now receive notifications or reminded conducts, uh, OKRs directly from Slack. As far as the little handheld that could, it showed up again this week um, it spot and it was spotted rocking Android 12L. The guys over at Windows Central got some hands-on with the device. Daniel Rubino visited Microsoft last week and got a chance to play around with the Surface Duo um, that's now running Android 12L and says that everything looks in order, uh, at least as, as far as what's been reported uh, previously. There will be some Windows 11 inspired uh, aesthetics changes coming to the device via the launcher that include uh, mica and acrylic highlights, more rounded menus, a notification shade that's reminiscent of the Action Center on Windows 11 and a mashup of Windows 11 color profile theming mechanism uh, in conjunction with Google's Mature U uh, the theming system. While much of this is made possible by tweaks to the underlying UI um, through the launcher, Microsoft Launcher, uh, there are no indications that these changes will come to the app itself uh, so that if you're running like a S22 or Pixel that you'll be able to get these same sort of features. So this may just be uh, device specific to the Duo. Uh, Rubino and Zach Bowden, who's also over at Windows Central, I think the update could come as quick as the end of this month. We're not committed to that time frame, but do expect it to happen before the year is out. Meta and Microsoft have partnered up uh, for a new VR experience. In the somewhat shocking, less shocking if you've been paying attention, news, Microsoft and Meta have joined forces to strengthen a VR push uh, with Meta providing the hardware for the Quest uh, Pro VR headset and Microsoft providing the software through Microsoft 365 as a supportive platform for the device. Items such as Windows Cloud PC with full custom apps and settings will make their way to Quest, uh, Pre the Quest Pro, uh, revamped and uh, quite frankly a nicer looking Teams app will also be making its way to the Quest Pro and the Xbox Cloud Gaming uh, platform will be making to the Quest Pro soon. Microsoft's endorsement is one thing the Quest Pro has going forward, but this new $14.99 price tag will be a hard pill to swallow for enthusiasts. Meanwhile, the $1,500 price tag does undercut the HoloLens developer kit and may finally be the nail in the coffin on the hardware side for Microsoft's division or HoloLens division. But uh, we're about to, we're probably going to see the dividends of them breaking up the hardware and software uh, parts of HoloLens. Um, as we mentioned, the Quest Pro marks the second partnership with a third-party provider of hardware that Microsoft uh, has partnered with and will provide the AR experiences for. I think Samsung was the uh, first one. Uh, but there has been no mention of any new consumer or enterprise hardware uh, coming out of the HoloLens division in almost four years. So 
I'm not saying that they're gonna shutter it, but uh, the software side seems to be moving a lot faster than the hardware side um, publicly. Google attempts to re-enter the market through uh, Chromebook hardware. Uh, we're ending this week on Google's end around of its own cloud gaming situation, kind of odd, with, a new Chromebook, Chrome, with new Chromebooks tailored for cloud gaming. Hold on to your butts, because this seems kind of a weird story. While Google's stepping back from the cloud gaming ledge, it's looking to leverage others who have been more committal to the area to boost its Chromebook efforts um, and has teamed up with OEM PC uh, partners to deliver the first batch of cloud, cloud gaming-centric Chromebooks. Acer's providing its uh, 15 or was it 516 GE 16 inch 120 hertz panel laptop, which uh, offers a 10 by or 16 by 10 aspect ratio with a Core i7 Intel processor uh, when it's running Chrome OS, obviously. Novo has its own idea get uh, IdeaPad gaming Chromebook with a similar display, uh, also rocking a 12th gen Core i5 processor. And then there's last up uh, Asus with its Chromebook Vibe CX55 Flip, which has a 15.6-inch uh, FHD panel uh, with uh, an up to 144Hz refresh rate uh, and a 12th gen Intel processor configuration. Prices for these three Chromebooks range from $599 to $649.99. Uh, they all seem to be about mid-level gaming PC prices, but definitely not the hardware for it. Uh, but unlike previous uh, Chromebook efforts, the pitch isn't the price, but the uh, fact that these devices can leverage cloud gaming platforms such as xCloud, NVIDIA GeForce Now, and even Amazon Luna. Google dropped out of its own studio efforts just to back its former competitors in hopes of expanding its Chromebook offerings. I'm not saying there was like a mafia sit down among the cloud groups where they kind of cornered Google and said, hey, you could either get out of Chrome or get out of Google uh, or cloud gaming and you can keep your Chromebooks or stick with cloud gaming and see what happens to you. It'd be a shame something happened to your Stadia. But either way, uh, Google was fortunate enough to come out of the deal with you know being able to leverage the Chromebooks uh, even after the pandemic. I mean, and there it is folks. That's the end of a busy week. Uh, I wanna thank you for joining me and if you're into more than just listening to me ramble on about the news of the week, Take some time to visit on Microsoft.com to read further details of each of the stories I've just gone through. Get caught up on our how-tos. Uh, make your buying decisions based on some of the reviews that we, we give on hardware. And see what giveaways are coming up next for the site. You can also visit us on Twitter and subscribe on the, our YouTube channels where I plan to do uh, some more walkthroughs of Microsoft software so you can hear this voice over some walkthroughs of some of the updated features that are coming through. I know, I know. You probably want to hear somebody else. But it's me you're stuck with. <laughs>